there and welcome to my podcast. I'm Sarah Louise, a construction and architectural photographer specialising in the built environment. I'm so glad you've pressed play today. Each week I drop a new podcast covering a behind the scenes look into photographing buildings and all things related in this space. I cover funny on-site stories, occasional interviews with building industry leaders in the construction and architectural field, as well as tips and tricks on how to best prepare for photo shoots, and much more. Really, my adventures navigating this fabulous field. So once again, a big thanks for listening. Let's begin. Well, hello there. Thanks for joining me today. I hope everyone is uh, staying sane and keeping well in this um, time of COVID-19. Um, I don't want to sort of dwell too much on that today. I just, um, yeah, just sending out good thoughts to everyone and hoping that everyone's well. Now, um, today we will be covering part two of copyright and image rights. Um, so I'll have a chat to you about that. Last week I explained how image rights work in terms of photographing buildings. So just to recap, essentially uh, the photographer owns the copyright to images taken of buildings and then what they do is they give their client usage rights to use the photos. Um, so if you're interested in, in hearing about how that all works, pop back to episode number eight and um, you can hear all about how that scenario works but today's in in today's episode I'll be explaining what happens when people are photographed so once again it can be very confusing and it's definitely a minefield so it's important to know your rights and how it all works so how about we start with an example Let's say a construction company commissions a photographer to photograph their staff. Now, the purpose for that may be for perhaps use in tenders to show who the team uh, is that will be working on the project or perhaps they use uh, LinkedIn heavily for marketing and things like that and they want their staff to have professional portraits to convey a professional approach or um, might be for the company website to show um, the people that are working in the company, um, board, you know, or, or, or the company boards, what have you. So these scenarios are different from photographing people on a building site, which I sort of covered a little bit last week. In this instance, so... Uh, the person you are photographing owns the copyright by default and the situation is sort of reversed from when you're just photographing a stagnant building. So um, in a stagnant building, the, the photographer owns the copyright, but when you're photographing a person, the person actually owns the copyright. So what, what the photographer would normally do is ask the person to sign what we in the business call a model release and a model release is basically a short contract that allows the photographer to stipulate how the images will be used for the company 
and also allows them to use them for their own purposes, such as marketing on their own website, um, things like that. So if you're to engage a photographer purely for your own purposes, the same also remains. You own the copyright of the images taken of you by default. Now, in, let's say, a domestic situation, say a wedding, for example, usually there'll be a clause in the contract assigning the copyright back to the photographer. And this is so that they are able to use the images. Um, they might you know, want to enter into an awards competition or they want to uh, show future brides some examples of their previous work or make up um, display albums or you know, put images on Instagram. That's sort of basically why they would ask you to assign the copyright back to them. And to be honest, most people don't get too hung up on it. It's not like you're going to suddenly end up in a big marketing campaign for Nike or <laughs> anything like that. Um, but if it is something that, you know, you are concerned about, I'm sure if you chat to your photographer um, and negotiate, you know, most most photographers um, are pretty happy to negotiate in those sorts of scenarios. So anyway, let's go back to the headshots or more professionally called corporate portraits. <laughs> um, so when taken... As, as at your work um, as singular portraits of yourself, the individual does own their own copyright here. Even though the company may be paying the bill, um, it's not actually given that the person paying the bill now owns the, the images, which sort of doesn't seem fair, right? <laughs> um, but I'm afraid that that's actually how it works in Australia and that's the law in Australia. In saying that, I'm sure most companies, um, you know, do encourage individuals to use the photos taken um, of themselves, especially if you're using them in a professional manner. So, um, you know, you might be using them on LinkedIn or maybe uh, as an email signature at the end, end of your emails. So that's sort of how that works. And I'm just going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, if that's okay. I've always found it's so funny when I turn up um, in an office environment, people always say to me that they dislike having their photograph taken. And, I mean, everyone dislikes it, right, myself included. <laughs> um, so it's, it's sort of an uncomfortable, it can be an uncomfortable situation for most people. Um, but I will say that, you know, once you've actually taken the photographs and you are able to exceed their expectations, it sort of turns around and people um, feel much happier about that sort of situation. <laughs> so I recently had a photo shoot where I'd set up a little studio environment um, and uh, on a commercial premises and I photographed about 20 people back to back. Um, and then I sent the photographs to each person and the feedback, let me tell you, it was amazing. It was just so fun to see how people reacted um, when when they got their photos back and 
makes such a big difference when you get the lining and the posing right. Um, you know, seriously, that's half the battle. <laughs> Lighting plays the most important role and can hide or expose what people consider to be their flaws. So, yeah, it's um, it's always interesting uh, to try and put people at ease, I guess, and I always say to people, okay, I'm going to make this quick and painless, and I really do try and make it quick and painless. <laughs> um, I can tell you now that I always try and hide my neck area, and it's not... Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's not even wrinkly. It's just <laughs> it's just a part of myself that I'm not particularly fond of, and everyone has their you know their own insecurities. So I would just say to your photographer, if you're comfortable to discuss those, um, we can usually work with you to minimize minimize things. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a tangent, wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, so back to copyright. Um, I do hope that that's sort of making sense. If you are unsure as to what your rights actually are, I'm happy to explain on a one-on-one basis or a scenario basis. So, yeah, please feel free to drop me a line and we can have a chat. Um, Failing that, if you wanted to um, look at uh, the Arts Law website, that also does explain copyright quite well. Yeah. Now, there is a few other scenarios uh, with regards to photographing people. So if they are at work and they're performing their duties, for example, a contractor on a work site and I'm photographing the overall site, it would be a bit ridiculous to expect me to find each person on the site and ask them to sign model releases, yeah? Um, so in this instance, it is okay to photograph people. If I'm there on behalf of the construction company and I have permission to be there, then legally I'm allowed to photograph whatever is in front of me. And the only way that someone can sort of refute that is if I'm photographing in a way that's causing defamation towards them. So um, if I if I'm putting them in a position where they may um, they may re- receive defamation uh, because of the photographs that I'm taking. But just to be safe, you know, it is a good idea to try and make people unrecognisable and that's, you know, common practice uh, that we most photographers do um, that work on building sites and that just sort of get, gets you out of trouble in most cases. So some ideas for that, you may photograph somebody um, from the back so their face is unrecognisable or perhaps, you know, they're on the levels below so they're um, smaller in the frame. And don't get me wrong, um, people, you know, being on site in photos is fantastic because they do provide a sense of scale um, and also, you know, some life in the images. So I do actually like having people in site photos, um, but I just, you know, I just make it clear to you and that, you know, you have to be considerate when you're photographing that you're doing it in a, in a 
um, in a proper way. Now, the final scenario I guess I just wanted to cover is with regards to the general public. So if you are in a public space, there is actually no rule to say that you can't photograph people within that scene. However, if your uh, intention is to use the images for a commercial purpose, then you have to be careful. And technically, you do need a model release. And it's a total minefield. I guess, you know, you can sort of see that now. <laughs> um, a few years ago, there was a big uproar uh, amongst photographers and um, council with regards to photographing at Southgate in Melbourne. And I think the same thing also happened uh, up in Sydney with regards to uh, around the Opera House. And after much debate and legal action, <laughs> um, the photographers did win and we are allowed to photograph photograph there. So that's a little, little win for photographers. <laughs> um, last week I did mention that if you're photographing a building and a person of the general public happened to walk past into the photograph, then you had to be careful about showing them. Now, that's true in a sense because you will be using the images for commercial purpose. However, in fact, the law does state that you are allowed to. So once again, it comes back to if you're capturing them in a defamatory way or if you're damaging to their character which probably, let's be realistic, is highly unlikely in that situation. Um, but the law states, and this relates to photographing on private and public property, that there is no restriction on taking photographs of people on private property from public property. There is no freedom from view. So people who are photographed on their property from a public location have no legal claim against you if what, is, if what is captured in the photograph can be seen from the street. Now, the same also applies to photographs taken from private land when you have permission to be on that land to take photographs. So provided you've got permission from the landowner, you are allowed to uh, photograph. You should be careful that your not being a nuisance, however, and you're not interfering with someone's right to use and enjoy the land. So that's sort of how it all works. I hope you followed all of that. It seriously confuses me sometimes and, it, you know, there's so many grey areas. It's really um, not, not very clear in a lot of cases. So like I said before, if you cover yourself by making people blurry or unrecognisable or um, moving, then, you know, that's sort of your safest bet. So there it is, copyright, hopefully explained in layman terms. <laughs> um, I'll leave that with you. If you did like what you heard today, please jump on to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I would greatly appreciate it. Or if you did want to have a chat one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one about an upcoming project that you think we may be a good fit for, I can be contacted via my website, which is sarahlouisephotography.com.au. 
Um, I'll just let you know that I am working through the coronavirus um, situation. So, I mean, photographing is usually a fairly lonesome sort of thing in normal times. So um, I am safely allowed to and can safely still photograph. So please do get in touch if I can help you. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have a great week at home with your loved ones and tune in next week for your weekly dose of Adventures of a Construction Photographer. See you later.